Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is December 5th, 2020, which means I'm on day 357 in a row of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, it seems the boring loop from one end of the convention center to the other, underground in a tunnel in Las Vegas, is not as boring as we thought it would be. Of course, Elon Musk promised a high-speed train, which then turned into shuttles of Tesla vehicles driving at 50 to 60 miles an hour with one or two passengers in a tunnel from one side of the convention center in Las Vegas to the other. Now, as you enter the waiting area, there is dance music and flashing lights. It's like a rave in there. And apparently, it cuts the, what would be a 15-minute walk from one side of the convention center to the other, down to a one-minute car ride, which he says... The Tesla vehicles will reach speeds of up to 155 miles an hour at one point to ensure that passengers have a speedy trip from one side to the other. And eventually, Elon Musk promises that his tunnels will spread around Vegas to Mandalay Bay, all the way down to the other side of the Strip, and eventually a tunnel from Los Angeles to Las Vegas that he could use Teslas to drive people from one spot to the other. Now, I'm just not sure about the LA to LV scenario, because who wants to be stuck in a Tesla for a whole trip in a tunnel when you could drive not in a tunnel, on regular land up above where regular where everybody is, and you could stop and get a bite to eat, or you could use a restroom, or you could at least like do any of the things you want to do that don't confine you to a tunnel for an entire trip. I mean, I'm just not understanding unless the Tesla is to maintain a speed of 155 miles an hour throughout the entire tunnel from LA to Vegas, cutting the driving time virtually in half, then yes, okay, maybe a two- two-and-a-half-hour trip from L.A. to L.V. wouldn't be a bad scenario. But who could even afford that? This is obviously specifically for celebrities and rich people who just don't want to deal with traffic anymore. And for that, I say, screw this. I'm never going to be able to ride in this boring tunnel, which I really don't care. And by the way, it's the boring company because they bore through rock. But it seems like it's really boring as well to me. Because a high-speed train would have been way cooler. And of course, they fell very short of that. Now, apparently the boring tunnel in Vegas, from one side of the convention center to the other, will be in use coming this January. Three or four months behind its original schedule, as absolutely everything Elon Musk's dreams do. They complete their projects in, you know, a much longer time period than as was expected. I can't speak. Maybe I need 
to join Elon's team, and then I'll be the one who tells people how long these projects will take, and then at least they can blame it on me, the guy who can't speak, when it's off by months and sometimes years. All I know is I'm not impressed. You know, you get into a Tesla and drive down a single lane tunnel, whoop-de-whoop, la-ti-da, really not impressed, seriously. I, I just think it's stupid. Is anyone with me on this? Well, folks, it happened with a 222 vote against 158 in the House of Representatives, federal decriminalization of marijuana. Yes, it'll be removed as a Schedule One narcotic and will no longer be held to the same level of disgusting filth as heroin and meth and all that other nasty stuff that kills people and just you can overdose. Marijuana is a beautiful thing and should not even be in the same conversation as those other drugs. It makes no sense. Now, of course, the bill itself is not expected to pass the Senate anyways. So perhaps we're jumping the gun on this, but this does go to show that for the first time ever, the federal government is on the brink of realizing the positive side of marijuana usage for medical purposes, as well as stress relief, as well as just good, clean fun. And outside of that, I believe it's a guarantee that the Senate will eventually pass it uh, as soon as these disputes between Republican and Democrat discontinue, which might only occur, you know, in a year or two after this whole presidential election thing blows over. But this show is not about politics. It's about policies and many other things. And I predict that you will absolutely see a decriminalization federally of marijuana soon and that is a fantastic thing. Anyone with a record involving weed that was not a violent crime in any way, just just weed, like me, will get their records expunged automatically. Glory, glory day. UFC Fight Night Live tonight on ESPN2, folks. Prelims start at 4, main card at 7. There is a couple good fights this evening. No real, like, big, huge name guys, except we've got knockout artist Ovince St. Prue versus undefeated Jamahal Hill. Now, his name isn't Jamal, it's Jamahal, which is, you know, unique. I've, I've never heard of Jamahal. I've heard of Jamal many times. But this guy has not been beat. He's only fought six professional fights, however. So put him against a UFC veteran knockout artist like Ovin St. Prue, and you have a match made in UFC heaven. I can't wait for that fight. It's going to be super intense. But the main actual event is not that fight. It is a middleweight bout between Jack Hermanson and Marvin Vittori. Now this will be a scrappy battle. These guys want to stand on their feet and just hit each other. 
And, you know, they've got some wrestling ability too. So regardless of whether this goes on the ground or stays up, you are sure to see either a knockout or a submission in one of these two main events tonight in the UFC for free on ESPN2. I'm telling you folks, nothing puts me in a good mood on a Saturday better than knowing that I've got some UFC to watch. So if all else fails in life, I'm like, you know what? I can't make money today. I'm stuck somewhere. I have to do a whole bunch of chores. My kids are going crazy, whatever. I at least get to watch grown-ass men and women beat the shit out of each other in an octagon setting and get paid and do it tonight for free for us because it's on ESPN2 and you don't have to pay. So take a look. Starts at 4, main event at 7. Should be a big day for the Oregon Ducks as they face Cal, who has zero wins and three losses. But it's really not a big day for Oregon, because whether or not they win this game, which they are very much expected to, the opportunity for a Pac-12 championship and a bowl game was swept away by the Beavers last week in a Civil War game defeat that I could not even wrap my head around the fact that it actually happened. Like, I can't let it go. Now, the rest of the season's shot. It's garbage. No chance. When you lose to a team that is not even close to ranked like Oregon State, and you are supposed to be in the top 25 like the Oregon Ducks, that does not bode well for your chances of getting a bowl game and winning a championship, and it basically all matters not anymore. However, I'm still going to be watching that game. It starts at 4 p.m., and I got nothing else to say except go Ducks. Well, folks, supposedly as of midnight tonight, the same restrictions that are occurring in Los Angeles County about no indoor or outdoor dining whatsoever at restaurants will take effect here in San Diego County. And people will no longer be able to go out to eat in any possible way, shape, or form. Now, you can get carryout food, but what does that mean for those of us who are bartenders or who have mobile food services? We're out of a job again. Yep. Right before Christmas, we're out of a job again. Right before we've barely scraped up enough money to get past the loads and loads of piled up bills that have occurred. And here we go again. We're not allowed to make money. Now, I understand there's a pandemic and everybody's dying, but I I just don't see it. I don't see any of it. And I don't understand how you can just demand that people continue to pay all their bills, but not allow them to make money. I have no form of money coming in whatsoever except when I go make money at a job. And when you shut that down, you give me no choice but to rob a bank. Now, if you actually do listen to my podcast, and a week from today or a month or whenever, you do see that a man named Peter robbed a bank in my area, you can very much assume 
that it was me because I ain't got nothing else. Like, I don't see how we can continue to be charged astronomical rent rates in Southern California without the ability to make money. That's crazy to me. Now, my rent is $2,400 a month. A stupid high amount. And some people here think I'm getting a good deal. That does not include utilities, garbage, water, gas, electricity, all these things, which if you combine those two, is well over three, almost $4,000 a month. Now, that would also be a number that wouldn't even kill me as much if I didn't add the fact that I have three kids and a wife and we eat food and we need things and this is just crazy. I got to get diapers for my baby. I got to do all this stuff. Gas for my vehicles. Well, if we can't go anywhere, I won't really need that. I don't know how they expect any of us to pay all this stuff. We've exhausted everything you know, we we have nothing left, and we need to be able to go make money, and they take that away once again. Like, I'm in a position now, I'm not for this shutdown in any way. I don't give a shit about the cases soaring and any of that crap. You might hate me for what I'm about to say, but I also don't care about that. I am over this COVID BS, and I want to get back to work. Cases soaring high, I don't give a shit. I need money. You know what else is soaring high? The bills that I need to pay. Now, in the winter months, it's the only time in which I use my heater in my house. Because if I don't turn on my heater, it'll get down to 40, 50 degrees or less, sometimes 45 degrees in my infant baby's room. Now, I'm not going to let my child die at night from freezing because I can't afford to pay the gas bill. So, of course, I'm going to crank it up and keep it rolling and just hope that some miracle of money occurs to be able to help me pay. This is crazy what's happening right now, and a lot of people are just done with it. They're like, you know what? You've given me no choice. I'm packing up, and I'm moving to another state. Now, that possibility is getting pushed closer and closer to the front of my mind with each passing day. And with Gruesome Newsom as the governor, I'm ready to call it quits on this state and get the hell out. You give me no choice, sir. You're saying it's, it's not your fault. And here you are, hanging out in your winery, maskless, eating food with all your buddies. And you tell us we can't sell food to the public with masks on outside only. What a hypocritical piece of shit. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that we've all been waiting for, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Angston, Barbecusion. It's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, I'm going to simply tell you what are my favorite Christmas comedies to watch each year, because we're going to have time to do it. Let's face facts, they're closing everything down again, especially here on the West Coast, Oregon, Washington, California. We always copy each other. We're going to have time to sit and watch these movies with our family. If you've never seen some of these, I don't know how that's possible. 
But obviously for me, number one on the list, ultimate Christmas movie comedy, number one, 100%. I'm going to start with one, and I'm going to go down the list. This is reversed from what I usually do, I know. But it's, it's just what I'm doing off the, off the top of my mind right now. I have to get it off my chest. I love this movie. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's number one. Nothing can beat that movie. It is all around the most solid Christmas comedy in the world. It has a little bit of everything. And at the end, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy. And to this day, it holds true to one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Now, don't get me wrong. Close, in close proximity to that is Home Alone 1 and 2. Now, those are good comedies, I guess. But they're not really funny to me as much as they're like a family-loving, you know... I guess it is a comedy, but it's it's not really. So to me, number one, Christmas Vacation. Number two, Bad Santa. I know a lot of people are going to judge me on this. They're like, really? Bad Santa? It's not even that great. It is great. So is number two, Badder Santa. Bad Santa is seriously funny. Probably not something you want to watch with your children. You know, it's a a comedy for adults, which leads me to my next one. Office Christmas Party. Office Christmas Party, number three on my list of Christmas comedies. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. There's a lot of Christmas movies I like more than these movies. But this is my comedies list. And usually when I go comedies, I'm not thinking of kids being able to watch it with me. I'm simply thinking of what makes me personally as a crude and disgusting and filthy individual laugh the most out loud. Office Christmas Party is one of them. Number four, A Very Merry Harold and Kumar Christmas. The Harold and Kumar Christmas is flat out hilarious. It is awesome. You've got Neil Patrick Harris doing his thing as he always does in these movies for some reason. I don't know why they just just linked him into these movies for some reason, but, they, but everything he does in them is funny, including in this one. And yes, it's not appropriate for kids. There is drug use. There is partying. There is sex. But that is what makes a Harold and Kumar movie. So that's why they're number four on the list. Harold and Kumar, Very Merry Christmas. Awesome movie. You gotta see it if you haven't. Coming in at number five, Bad Mom's Christmas. Now, this may surprise you because I'm not a mom. But my wife loves this so much, I got to watching it with her a couple times, and I am into it. I absolutely love that movie. I will watch it anytime. It's freaking awesome. Also not appropriate for kids whatsoever. Coming in at number six, children can watch this movie. It's not that bad. Four Christmases. Four Christmases is hilarious. Vince Vaughn is always great. Reese Witherspoon is so cute and just a great actress. And there's a lot of cameos by a lot of randoms, including John Voight. I'm telling you, if you have not seen Four Christmases, spend some time to watch it. The fam can watch it with you. It is a hilarious version of Christmas in four different ways. Each one being ridiculous. Kind of reminds me of Four Rooms, uh, Tim Roth, and Madonna movie from back in the day. It also had Antonio Banderas. But that's not a Christmas movie. It doesn't matter. Coming in at number seven. 
A Christmas story. You knew it would be on the list. You knew it would be. And yes, and again, it's kind of a wholesome family thing. So is it a comedy? But it is. It's funny. It makes me laugh every time. I like it. Coming in at number eight, Elf. I used to hate this movie. I, I'm going to be honest. I used to hate it. I badmouthed Elf so much. But now that I watch it and I see my kids laughing, my wife loves it, and Will Ferrell, let's just flat out admit, anything he does is gold. He Anything he touches is like Midas. He is gold in this movie. So watch it. If you haven't seen Elf, check it out. Number eight on my list. Coming in at number nine on my list of favorite Christmas movies, comedies only, The Ref. Dennis Leary at his finest. Kevin Spacey, this movie is perfection. If you have not seen The Ref, you have to see it this year. You will thank me so much. You know, it's it's hidden away sometimes. You can't even find it. It's one of those movies, it was like lost and forgotten, but I don't know how, because it is so awesome. It is just hilarious about a thief who's in a house with such obnoxious and loud, absurd people that he ends up somehow, some way, almost liking them at the end because he himself is obnoxious, absurd, and a thief. So, you know, of course, he's not by the book in any way. He's not abiding by the laws. I got to tell you, if you haven't seen it, Check out The Ref with Dennis Leary. It's great. And final comedy movie on my list of top 10. I've decided right now, just off the top of my head, it'll be 10. Of top 10 comedy Christmas movies, according to Peter Hankst. Number 10, The Santa Claus. I'm telling you, the original one is awesome. Two and three, meh. I mean, honestly, total meh. But number one... Tim Allen, original, just perfect. Judge Reinhold is in it, and the guy, you know, you almost forgot about him after Beverly Hills Cop, and then he just comes back years later, and man, he looks the exact same. Tim Allen is perfect in The Santa Claus. I'm pretty sure you've all seen it. If there's possibly a person listening to this podcast who has not seen The Santa Claus, stop what you're doing right now. Don't even listen to another word of this podcast and go watch The Santa Claus right friggin' now. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. Hope you have a chance to watch all those movies in your lifetime. They're all great. Uh, I have a whole bunch of work to do on my final day of work before the shutdown occurs again. Wish me luck. I thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. I'm sure you've heard the expression, somebody's getting the best of you, or getting the better of you. Now, that's true. Uh, Right now, we're all getting screwed by our governor. So he's getting the best of us, using and abusing us, taking our money, not allowing us to make money. So with that being said, I've got an appropriate song called The Best of You by the Foo Fighters. Pretty much has nothing to do with that specifically, but you get my point, and here it is. It's a great song. I've got another confession to make. Chains to 